Wagwan, everybody. Welcome to the Dis Afimi History Podcast, where we'll be speaking about history and as well family history and how history relates in terms of Caribbean people um, for the present as well as in the past and how in the past what that does and brings forth for what we are going through at present and what we can learn from our history, from our family, and take that moving forward. So I do hope you enjoy the podcast. And if you like it, please ensure to subscribe, like, and review. Thank you. Coming on to the podcast this morning, I really do appreciate it. Talking about your book, uh, My Best Genealogy Tips, formerly Finding Formerly Enslaved Ancestors. And I just wanted to say, you know, before we start that, you know, I really did enjoy your book and the themes that I took away from your book were in researching about your formerly enslaved ancestors is really don't listen to the negative talk, you know, because that will just stop you instead of, you know, moving you forward. And and to always have, I guess, a wide lens when you're looking at something. And there's always a different way to kind of, or a different angle to look at stuff to get you to the right destination. And I just thought the book was just on a very positive note to pretty much never give up and keep an open mind and always, you know, always have hope. Yes, and I'm glad to be here. I'm grateful for it. So we'll start here. And the first uh, question that I have is family history can be challenging, a very challenging journey to take on and a very meaningful connection to the family and to the past. What was your driving force in researching your formerly enslaved ancestors and then writing this book for others to use as a guide? Well, I wanted, uh, I wanted to know who they are, first of all. Then I wanted my daughter and my grandchildren to know, uh, actually, for to have an easier time of it than I had. Um, I wanted them to recognize that they had struggles, mm-hmm. you know, because our children don't have the kind of struggles and that they our ancestors had, and I wanted them uh, them to remember their greatness and for everyone else I wanted other people to be able to do the same thing that I've been able to do those are great 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 steps great uh, great information so and then you know one of the themes that I that really came through for the book for me was was being open-minded and relating um history of the time to your ancestor. Uh, you mentioned when Beverly Vance determined where she lived and all the records that were looked at. Walk us through the importance of this step. Okay. Now, um, Beverly, this is very difficult because Beverly was a man. And so it's hard to remember that. Yeah. Um, the His spelling of his name was B-E-V-E-L-Y. And if it, it, that's really how you spell the, the woman's name. If you wanted the the man's name, it would be B E V E L E L E Y. So that was was something to get through. Um, our ancestors' names and dates, which are important, tell only one portion of the story. We need to, if possible, 
tell about the things that they struggle to accomplish. The first task is is to determine the places where they were living. Once we do that, Family Search has provided the research wiki, which will lead or tell the records for that area where your ancestor lived. For example, if I take Abbeville County, North uh, South Carolina, I can get a whole page of resources for that area on the wiki. Uh, I would suggest that you create a timeline because that will reveal holes in your research uh, where you really, you really need more information. Uh, after exhausting the resources on the research wiki, the bibliographies in books from your area, that's one source that will tell you uh, what records you could look at. You'll need to accomplish this with a clear mind. A clear mind of anything that's not factual. Definitely. And because the other theme going still keeping with Beverly is is casting a wide net. And in chapter five, you've mentioned that where you show you were able to use many sources to further connect the dots. Mm -hmm. Can you just, you know, go through that and share your thoughts on that? Well, you must always recognize where the records are stored. They're online. Uh, in archives, courthouses, newspapers, university libraries. I could go on and on. Mm -hmm. These places ha have the sources. I've only touched the surface of what I can find for Beverly. Even, even after all that I've done, there's more. <laughs> there's always more, right? Yeah. <laughs> For example, studying the voting or the deed laws can tell me more about Beverly. Looking at the churches in Abbeville County might lead me to learn more about Beverly during enslavement. But I guess it's just opening up people's minds to, to be able to say these are the other places where they can be able to look other than just birth, death, and marriage records, and right? See, people, people might find some place that hasn't been used. That's why you have to be open. Yeah, definitely. And the other um, theme that I noticed was that in terms of just, you know, not giving up, but as well is the importance of studying historical laws, because you indicated in the book where there, where laws are created, you can find documented people. Yes. And you use the the Tucker branch, you know, as an example for this point. Yes, we have laws to regulate the actions of people. These laws reveal our ancestors. Laws have not always been kind or fair to African-Americans or Black people. 
but they reveal things about the about our ancestors. Uh, for example, one of the uh, if you if you look at the Tucker section, we talk about uh, Henry Sims. Uh, he shows up on an eighteen sixty six or eighteen sixty seven U.S. Freedmen's Bureau labor contract because of law. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for that. And then there's the theme of the, being open-minded, where for Inez Johnson McClure, Branch, it benefited you to attend the archives in person as it opened more information than the index. What was your thought process for, for this step? Okay, well, my husband, uh, Ellis, and I were trying to find a birth record to reveal more about Inez. That's his mother. Okay. But we didn't find one for her. We actually found one for Ilda, who is his his mother's sister. The original record gives us an address in New Orleans. Okay. Um, that year, which her birth year was 1913, they do appear in the city directory. So they, they're in because of the going to the original uh, birth record, I found out the address. Then I could look, I looked up uh, on the, the, the 1910 and it was the same address. Yeah. That makes me feel good. Um, having that address can help us figure out what, church they went to and we did find the name of a pastor who married his, married uh his grandparents okay. his name is c c reverend c w reeves he's an ame minister you with the Nelms branch of the family that you researched and where you stated by, you know, you started by oral history and then by, you know, casting a, a wider net by further going to the courthouse. Could you just, I guess it, it aligns with what you said previously, but can you further speak to why you chose this path of going down to the courthouse? Yes. Um, if there were, if there was more to learn there, I could access online. I could access online, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, even the... I had, I even went to the first regional library of Hernando, and that held a clue for me that I would not have seen any other way. Um, it was a book from the... Genealogy, genealogical, genealogical Society of DeSoto County. And it was uh, the inscription book. It was called uh, DeSoto County Inscriptions. Okay. In that was something I'd never seen before. It was this enslaver. The last enslaver was named Captain Eben Nelms. Oh. And that was in the book. That was in Mississippi, in DeSoto County, Mississippi. After all the research I had been doing, I found that there. 
Wow. He was, he was born in 1817 and he died in 1902. Amazing. It, said, it even said, it, it said that he was born in Anson County, North Carolina. So it, it just, you just never know. And that was a great undertaking to go to Mississippi. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. Yes. Just, uh, just the travel to get there. And then again, it just reveals that sometimes you can get a little bit more information if you can be able to, to see the actual records themselves than just by going by the index. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know that's happened for myself in terms of traveling to places and seeing what's actually written. And as you said, you discover something else different you do. that, that you didn't uh, realize or know before. And when you discover things, sometimes you discover uh, could be a little different, you know, just maybe part of the year. Yes. Or you cut everything you discover, you just record it and give the source yes. and leave it for the next generation. Absolutely. Don't Absolutely. don't just, just take one of the facts or one of the answers that you mm -hmm. find let let it go with the as a whole record exactly because it gives more um information about that particular ancestor and it kind of fills fills in additional gaps that you may not have had when you first started it it makes it much more a fuller person that you're um, that you're discovering about yes so and the the other thing is that you had gone to i guess you know, discovering local historical societies. And you said that was very important for you in tracing your enslaved ancestors. Why do you think that these societies would assist anyone in researching their family history and maybe be able to bridge the gap that may provide a missing link? Well, I know that historical societies have records that genealogists can use or, or family historians can use. Um, I've been very successful at uh, discovering the enslaved in church records mm -hmm. at the societies and during the time that they were enslaved. Historical societies are not traditionally used for that. Yeah. Uh, there really is a lot to discover at the at at those places though and i would suggest that a person would join right away first thing if if you if it's in your ancestors area please join okay um you may need to plan a trip there because maybe you can't get the information you want with, through them and you have to look let them give you records and another thing is follow them on Facebook if they're on Facebook. You want to show that, you know, you do care about them too. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's kind of, yeah, that's a trick to getting help. Oh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because uh, I mean, I know that in, you know, in your family history research, your family was, you know, over five states. And, you know, you used online resources and databases. You know, what can you say to the listeners in terms of, I guess, starting out with that to, to use those databases and resources? 
Well, you want to exhaust everything that's online first, no matter where it is online. You want to exhaust those things. You use a research wiki for that because the research wiki gives you a page of resources that you click on. You'll go to Ancestry or Family Search. You'll it'll say go to the courthouse. Uh, the, it has a historical society on most of the pages, but the pages come from all over the world. We're talking about Canada right now or the United States or wherever. The, the research wiki is the thing that will help you find where those records are. Um, next, I would suggest joining a Facebook group to learn more about what other people have found. That, that opens up things more, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, Facebook groups at genealogyjustask.com uh, forward slash home. Ne next, you, you're, you're really out there. You have to go to the place. Um, you, you start to, uh, to identify those places that hold ancestors. I'm sorry, an answers. Yes. And you cannot reach them online. Definitely. And then, because I mean, I know with, you know, with people starting, some will, will say, you know, there's, you know, paid resources that I have to use, you know, what would you suggest for someone, to, you know, starting out where they can go that wouldn't necessarily be a, a paid resource at first to, to access? Oh, is it, is it the wiki page? Well, yeah, go the, 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 the research where you go there first, because they had, they'll tell you if one thing about them, They'll tell you if the resource is at Family Search, and they'll give it to you if it's at Ancestry. And we know that Family Search, those records are free. Yes. Definitely. Well, thank you for that. And then now just lastly, as we close, just to, you know, if you could be able to provide some, I guess, some final thoughts to the listeners to share on, you know, further researching their formerly enslaved ancestors. Yeah, well, I think you need a support group. Um, if you're African American or Black or whatever, and you you have a big toll in front of you, um, researching Black people is not easy. Record access is not easy. Facing what our ancestors struggled is not easy. Yeah. Researching and getting access to records not online takes a strong backbone. But does. the research is not impossible. And our success will strengthen our families. I know this to be true. 
I know it because my I taught my daughter and she's teaching our grandchildren. So use that for an example. Yes. Well, absolutely. So that was, you know, thank you so much for that because as you said, it is not an easy task. No. And it, it definitely can be overwhelming at times. And, uh, you know, depending on how you start, whether it's through the, you know, your oral history um, and then finding certain information that may not match up with that can be, you know, disappointing. And then you're wondering, am I really looking in the right direction? So, and as well, having a support group is definitely great. Uh, I wish I had that when I started. Um, That would have been, you know, really great to be able to use as a motivation further along the line to really be able to connect all of the dots. But I just wanted to thank you. I want to tell you that with my, with the book, Mm -hmm. um, we've started a group with the people that have the book and that is such, it's a wonderful resource. It's free and they're just really active in there. Yeah. Which is good. And they get other people's resources and it's really good. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, as you said, it's not that where, you know, these are people way in the past. Yes, it's in the past, but these are people that are our family that we can be able to use their experience as motivation here in the present for us to say as an example of look what they did. I can do that too, type of thing. Right. And it really is a great motivation to know that, well, yes, I had, you know, so-and-so in my family and they did this and this was their struggle of being able to, to overcome, so to speak, or to just to know what they did and to know that, yes, we have history as well. It may not be the most glamorous, but, you know, a bit, you know, troubling in terms of, you know, how you may want to look at it or frame it, but at least we, we have history. We belonged, we were here and we walked on this earth. That's right. Right. So thank you so much for the book. Thank you so much for the time for coming on. I really, really, really do appreciate it. So I want to thank you so much, Robin. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and write a review for the episode wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you.